Well, good morning, everybody, and I'm Peter Perlman, along with Paul Benzman. You're tuned to New Radio Media's best talking biz show there is on a beautiful Saturday. You know, I missed you, Paul. Where you been? When working and trying to relax working. A wait, wait bit, a minute. Here days. we go again. Work. I was actually came in right in the middle it, of the show it. last week. I got a violin. There you go. I got, came in the middle of last week. It's, it's that time of the year, the tax season. And tax season. Had to close up some companies. Should so I, I be here. playing the Beatles song, The Tax Man? There you go. I was I was here till about nine o'clock last Saturday night. You so want us to? I want you to feel bad for me. Oh my say, God, Paul! I am so sorry. Say, no, no. It's it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. Uh, you think so, huh? Why, what's wrong? You think it's a good day in the neighborhood? Uh-oh. Every Sunday it's been snowing. Every Sunday it snows well, now. It's a Saturday, so what does it mean with Sunday and Saturday? Well, but it's I'm, Saturday, I'm gearing up right? for Sunday already. I'm gearing up for Sunday. Make it through today first. All right. How many All coffees right. have you had today? Well, you Tony, 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 I treated Tony to a cup of coffee today, you know, courtesy of our wonderful listener, Michelle Myers, who okay. gifted okay. us boxes of coffee when she heard that we were dry. The coffee thief. We have the a coffee, coffee thief. thief in the building. I we, know. We've looking. We well, buy cases and cases. I feel like Bud them. Collier. Will a real coffee thief please stand up? So tell me, how was your week? Week was wonderful. Yeah, beautiful and week and beautiful uh, week. Beautiful week. Everybody's good and healthy. Everyone's healthy and good. Mom didn't call. Everyone's healthy and good. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom, mom took a little spill about two oh, weeks ago. Yeah, her back, and, yeah. and, and she's trying to get through that. She'll be fine. Okay, so here we go. Where I got a couple of things. I'm not even going to go to uh, what this day in history yet. I got a, I got a very sad thing going on here. Did you know? Did you know that the tooth fairy isn't leaving as much under the pillow as they used to? Yes, you do. Yes. What's the uh, where are we at on that? Not big money. Not big money. When you were growing up, how much money was under the pillow? You're assuming I grew up. Well, like I said, <laughs> when Mo would sneak into the bedroom to it, it put was something probably in. I don't think I ever got any money for the tooth fairy. Are you serious? Nope. Tony. Nope. Tony, put that coffee down. Mm-hmm. Put that coffee. Look at that. <laughs> Tony's got that great head on. I love it when it goes yeah, the opposite yeah. direction. <laughs> Are we coming or going with Tony? Yeah. <laughs> Tooth fairy. Oh, uh, usually like five. Five what? Five bucks. Five, five bucks. bucks. Wow. Wait a minute. I could uh, get a. You can buy a new car. <laughs> I swear I, I can tell you. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. I mean, wow. this is like a business transaction. I bet you the average is three bucks. $3.70. See that? I knew it. 43 cent decline from um, previous year. And you know who did this? The Delta Dental. Group. They did. Okay. Yeah, they had nothing they better nothing to do, do with their money and time. They when spent I, $3 million I mean, when to I do grew the research. Up, yeah. you know, if, if we got 25 cents, man, we were big time. Yeah, but you could buy a whole steak and egg breakfast for thirty cents. Well, pretty close to it. I mean, yeah, I can remember. I can remember going down to Green's Hamburgers, you know, yeah, yeah. and you could get like a dozen burgers. Did you take the streetcar named Desire? No, I walked down the street on Hartwell, right up, down to uh, Seven Mile Road. Was it uphill four miles and downhill no, four no. miles? Okay. Flatland, flatland, flatland from what? Saint Martin's. St. Martin's. To Vassar, to, Vassar. to Cambridge, to Seven Mile Road. Make I've a ride something for you to, to Schaefer. You make across the street. You... Go into Greens. And you know what the best part was if you went in the morning besides the coffee? What? The stick donuts. They used to have the glazed stick donuts. I think you should take a walk on memory lane this afternoon. Do the same walk. Do the same walk. We're going to go film them. Let's, should we do that? <laughs> Peter's going to take the Live. same walk. And I should take the DSR bus, right? If that's now, do you possible. know what a DSR bus was? Yeah. What is it? The bus. What was it called? Why was it called the DSR? Uh, D- Department of Road Services. Detroit or... Streets and Railways. Okay, good. Railways meaning one time, 
we used to have things that went on rail. We have those. Streetcar named Desire, like those. you said. We have those. We don't go. Don't, don't. <laughs> that gets in the way of cars, goes slow, and doesn't stop 42 times. And you can walk faster. Okay. Uh, going on the queue. Going on the queue line. Yeah. Go. We're going right. to take a ride on the queue. We're going to do a show on the queue line. We should. We should do a show on the queue line. <laughs> we should do the show on the queue yeah, line. We're now. riding on the queue line, up and down, up and down. All right, so bring the crew. Next an Saturday. Interesting show. Next Saturday on the queue line. We're gonna, Did you we're watch gonna, the Academy Awards? A part of it. What part did you watch? The, the good part or the bad part? The part before I fell asleep. All right. So did you see the part about Shinola watches? Yep. All right. So I want to ask you something. Nope. First. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, this is how we're doing the show, the balance of the time. Paul suggested that we become minds. And every five minutes, the camera will show me. Then we'll have yep. to look at Paul nope. for a while. So, yeah, then Shinola show... saved Detroit. Yeah, did it, though. Nope. Okay. Nope. Why? It's a small piece of Detroit. It's it's a it's a company that assembles watches from foreign parts in Detroit and says assembled in Detroit. They make watches. Um, you know that story came up to me last week. A watchmaker opened up the back of a Shinola watch, saw some average movements that are in a twenty dollar watch, mm-hmm. and it's a marketing thing. And I'm not blaming them. They've got a nice product. They built a new thing behind it, and I hope they make zillions. Do you think it's a backfire the way they handled it at the uh, Academy Awards? I think I don't know how that was brought up. I didn't read the story about why he said it. The guy's a stockholder. I don't have a reason to think why he did it. But you know, was it? I think we're overlooking at this thing. I think we're making it much bigger than it has to be. I think we have better things to worry about than did Shinola watch save Detroit. So let me let me stay on Shinola for another minute. Shine on me. Go ahead. Okay. You think the hotel will make it or break it? It's going to make it. Why? Because everyone who stays at Quicken Loans will be recommended, and they'll put their own clients there. They'll put people that do business with the Gilbert companies in the Shinola Hotel, and it'll stay busy. What about the other boutique hotels around? They're all doing well. Okay. There, there, there's a shortage of hotel rooms, believe it or not, in downtown Detroit. Okay. So knowing downtown Detroit as well as you do, mm-hmm. what do you think about Buddy's Pizza coming downtown? It's going to be fun. Originally, it's going to be fun. Well, originally <laughs> Shields was supposed to come downtown. Ooh, the original and, Buddies and, and Shields. Shields, but Shields backed out, and now Buddy's is coming down. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about Shields because they were in one spot, but Buddy's is coming down the Madison Building, correct? One of Gilbert owns building. You know, Grand Circus It'll do Park extremely for well. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the Buddy's deal was that, uh, he sold out last year to an equity company. Yes, he did. And he had to open up so many new stores in so many years, and that's one of the new locations. 7,000 square foot store. Yep, yep. So it's going to be great. Great location. Um, you know, I'm sad Louis. because I used to go to Angelina's. I want to go to Louis's. Well, we'll talk about losing it, but Angelina's Angelina's um, Italian Bistro. Yeah, they got the screwings by. Uh, we know off. we would go there, and then we would go to the Opera House. Did you for, sing? Oh no, but we saw some great opera. Tell me something. What's your the, favorite opera? The Passenger. The Passenger. How about that contemporary opera? Yeah. Wow. Do you know the story of, the, uh, of that, or yeah, do I need sad. to? It's a sad story. Most operas are sad. Someone dies at the end. <laughs> and they don't even time. sing in English. <laughs> That's right. And they don't it's sing like, that. okay, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I understand is it's intermission. No. <laughs> and the nice in thing, English. Wait, wait. The nicest thing about being on the mezzanine, one of those little rooms. You can jump. No, you go out and they have a private area for wine and you know, adult beverages. Oh, you, you're getting, it's you're great. getting tipsy watching. You, you, you understand, you finally understand what they say. So the oh, second blah, 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 blah. half, the second half, they actually give you seatbelts so you don't fall out. There you go. Because there you, you had three wines. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's your favorite house. Buddy's Pizza location? 
famous? Well, first of all. No, what is your favorite? First, you've got to ask me if Buddy's is my favorite pizza. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because there's other pizza places, and They're I think better. that we would have to go on a taste they are testing. Better. We have to go taste testing again. I want to go to Louis. I oh, I love Louis. Okay. I love Louis. I want to go to Louis. Cousin Daryl loves Louis. I talked to Cousin Daryl yesterday. He closed oh, okay. up the place the other night at yeah. 10 o'clock. He's friends with the bartender. Right. And he told, he went to Louis. Louis, I think, has a phenomenal product. I, I They're think great. I think it's better than Buddy's. But you know what competes with Buddy's for a, a delivery and a, a, a chain? Delivery? No, no. It does delivery. Oh, uh, you know, like a Jets pizza. I think Jets oh. Square is very close to a buddy's. Well, Matthew used to work at Jets, my middle son. Your middle for son. For a long time. That's right. Can he deliver a pizza right now? No, he's probably sound asleep. Let's Maybe call him not. up and wake his oh, ass yeah. up. No, 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 Hey, no, Matthew, no. how was not it with working the baby and everything. No, the, yeah, the last thing I want. Let's get him on the line. Wake hey, up and have that phone hey, ring and the dog is what barking. Was your, what was your favorite pizza to deliver? Oh, he didn't deliver. Oh, yeah, no, he, he didn't, didn't work the Jets. He was behind making pizzas. Yeah. I mean, he delivered once in a while. Can man. you give he's... us the secret sauce sauce you'd recipe? Have to, you'd have to talk to him quietly. What's the secret sauce? There you go. Matthew, <laughs> Jets pizza. How do they make that family crust? <laughs> Tell me or you're going to die. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> he's sleeping. So, I can say that. With that. With what? With that. Okay, buddy's downtown. All right, go What on. else are you going to ask me? Well, I was going to ask you, do you, you know, the number Lafayette. one store seems to be for buddies right okay. now. Mm-hmm. Is it Fountain Walk? It is right. a very strong store for him. Very strong store for him. Now, when equity firms buy companies like this out, yes. what normally happens to the quality of the operation? Normally, if it's done right, it should stay the same. Um, you know, there was a couple big, couple big equity buyouts last year and the year before. One was Hanson Windows. Mm-hmm. Brian Elias uh, cashed out for some drachmers. And buddies, um, they'll take it around the Midwest and around the country. But the quality should stay the same with pizza. I mean, they're not that deep in recipes. They've got the pizzas, the pastas, the salads, and it should stay the same. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. All right. Time to go to this day in history. Louis. Okay. Louis. Well, I we'll got talk something about Louis. I know. You really do. I, I got something about Louis. You know, during um, 1940 to 1945, there were some tremendous battles during World War II. And, um, More useless shit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like this is going to change my, the battle of the what? The battle of the Bismarck Sea. That was an interesting battle, though. Now, I'm going to ask you. This okay. is not the Battle of the Bismarck. Oh, the sea. The, the, the sea. Bismarck I'm in the Pacific yeah. now. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Why was this the turning point of World War II on the Pacific? Well, what really happened is oh. that were we behind on payments on our battleships? <laughs> and they were repoed in the Bismarck Sea. <laughs> and so we lost our battleships, not because of the battle, but the bank took them back. That's the business story uh, behind this story. You ask, he brings up your slips for me. I bring the information, right? It was the Bank of Bismarck that took it back, too. Yep. Yeah, Thirteen Paul, ships were repoed. We lost yeah, Paul, everything. Between the March 1st and 2nd. They gave time for the sailors to get off the ships. But know, as the U.S. <laughs> sent recon planes around, they spotted 16 Japanese ships that had Holy the Japanese uh, utilize these ships properly. The war would have been going on for quite a long time. Wow, but the Japanese didn't have instructions for the ships. No, they did not. So nope, more than 3,000 Instructions Jap- were written in English. They couldn't read it. Yeah, so they more than three, American ships. you know. So more than 3,000, unfortunately, sailors were killed on the Japanese side. Um, 150 of the Japanese fighter planes that attempted to go against the U.S., 102 were shot down. That, and at that, point, that gives them a lesson. Don't mess with the U.S. 
Right, but, it was, but it was interesting at this point that they said that the U.S. 5th Air Force and yes. the Royal Australian Air Force dropped a total of 213 tons <laughs> of bombs. bombs. Now, here's the interesting piece. The United States did not have an Air Force at that time. Wow. But that's okay. I just okay. thought people should How about 1962? Is that fake news? Do you like, ba do you like baseball, basketball? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah, do you remember? Jones. Oh, you remember that? I got a basketball Jones. You remember Will Chamberlain? I'm a basketball Jones. No. Oh, baby. Ooh. I swear. I swear. <laughs> do you remember Will Chamberlain? Wilt the, yep. Wilt the stilt. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, and, and in less than uh, 30 seconds, what was the highest point score you ever did? Wilt? Yep. 58 points. 58 points. Well, I want you to think about that because Wilt scored 100 points. And I'm going to score another cup of coffee and going to get you to relax a little 100 bit. 100 points. 100 points. Coffee time. Coffee time. See you in two. The latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market, all by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno knows doors. Tarno knows doors. Detroit. It's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com. It's not science fiction, it's science fact. Tiny robots crawling through your body helping doctors to identify disease and perform operations. The tools are known as snake bots and they carry tiny cameras, scissors, and forceps. For now, these snake bots have to be controlled by humans and they remain attached to tethers. But we're not far from the day when the machines will cut the tether for good and be allowed to roam your body on their own in damaged organs. Now already the tethered snake bots have proven extremely useful and they make it possible to conduct previously invasive surgery in ways that were never thought possible just a few years ago. So imagine, for example, a heart bypass operation that does not require a major incision in your chest and the opening up of your rib cage. Now these things are being made possible today and will in the not too distant future become the rule rather than the exception when it comes to major surgeries. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. And we're back here yes, we talking are. biz on a Saturday morning in the Motor City. How you doing? I'm doing great. So are you a car fan? Jeeps. Jeeps. Only no, no. Jeeps. We're going to get into Jeeps. You, you don't know from Jeeps. Autorama. Wait a minute. Today in history, yep. the one millionth vehicle rolled off the assembly line. What car was it? It was a Model A. This year in history, there wasn't a million Model A's, were there? No. Try again. Uh, Ford Taurus. I don't know. No. The Ford Mustang. Oh, the Mustang. The Mustang. Made it a flat rock right now. The Ford Mustang celebrates the production of its one millionth Mustang at the wow. time, a white convertible, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, the car first rolled out on April 17th in 1964. The did you ever own a Mustang? I did not. I like them, though. I, like them. I was a Camaro and Firebird guy, mostly Firebird. You were a GM sports guy. Yeah, GM sports guy, yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. What was your very first car? 
My very first car was a 1978 Firebird. Did you buy this or was it a gift? Bought it. $6,700 out the door. Wow. Loaded. See, my car, my first car that I actually bought mm-hmm. was a Rambler. Okay, AMC Rambler. American Motors Corporation. None of these people in here are AMC. There was a car company called AMC. Yeah, American Price Motor Possession Company. Was the, and George was Romney, the, the former governor, yeah. was the chairman. Yes, yes. All right, 1985, big guy. This is I was 25 this, years old. This then. person sang the song Morning Train and gave a new... The, the the second song, which was even more important, Sugar Walls, reached number nine on Billboard, but it made it unique because it crossed over. Who was this person? Uh, I'll even ask Tony. Tony's smiling. Tony ain't going to talk. A 1984? 19, 1985. 85. She's, I'll, I'll help you out. She. Oh, she is a she. She sets the Billboard chart record when this record hits both top ten and R&B. Okay. What's the name of the songs? The name of the song was Sugar Walls. Sugar Walls. She also did Morning Train. Morning Train. Nine to five. Morning Train. Morning Train. Gosh, I don't know who was it. Sheena Easton. Oh, oh, I take the morning train. I'm good for another 10 minutes now. I don't know. Sheila Easton. You got birthdays for me? I don't. I do. Okay. I do. And this is important because today, today in the public, li- the public library around the country are reading his books to kids today. Dr. Seuss. Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Born in 1904. Yep. All right. Yep. Next one. I'm going to play you some music. Tell okay. me whose birthday this is. Okay. We've only just begun. Oh, Peter, our first date song. Oh, I remember you brought me pistachios, the red ones that stained my fingers. How did you know? Because we just begun to live. So whose birthday? Sad, 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 sad. Uh, I used to represent her. Every time I think of her, I think of Captain Tennille, but it's not. It's uh, Karen Carpenter. Yes. Karen and Richard Carpenter, the Carpenters. Anorexic. Yeah. Very talented. I used to travel oh, with her. When the morn's in sun, we'll and shine. where did this? Now here's the here's the bigger tri- singing show. Here, here's the bigger trivia question. Yes. Where did this music go to? Where did they use this music? Where did they use it? It was used in a show. No, it was used for a bank's mortgage company side. Okay, well, I don't remember okay, that. you ready for your next You're one? Much older than me. Go ahead. His name was Bond, James Bond. Yeah. Okay. Whose birthday is it? Uh, what's his face? Bond's birthday. There's many Bonds. James Bond. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the first two or three. I don't remember. I'm Jay, not Daniel Craig. Okay. Well, I would have never Dan. guessed that. So All I saved right. some my and time. And the last one, I give. the last birthday. It's a good show. I don't know you do. I don't You're know good. I do. I okay. love it, don't you? Well, I got Makes nailed last like week. Ethan sat in this okay. studio, okay. and he was hitting me with this all last I week. I paid him to do that. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's and this my one, buddy. And this one is the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. We got dead air now. You wanted five minutes a day. I'm a business guy, not a sports you guy. You go ahead. to the football games with me. What are you talking about? I don't go to those games ben. anymore. Ben. There you go. Okay, go ahead. Come on. I don't he played in the Mid-America Conference. Where's the guy? Just, let's move the show on. Rothlinberger. Okay. Okay. I don't know that crap either. All right, so okay. you talked about Jeeps, well, right? I'm like an idiot today. Yeah, Jeeps. Jeeps, Big right. new Jeep plant in Detroit. That's what I want to talk Big about. Big bucks. 6,500 new jobs coming to Detroit. How 64, 6,500. How many? 64 to 6,500. Maybe. 
That's what they said. What do you say the average income is in Wayne County for a manufacturing employee? Uh, I was going to say about $58,000. $72,000. I'm in the wrong business. I get two of those jobs I can weep 72000 well. I don't got to sleep. And by doing it, it would give $360 million more in added payroll to the local economy. Now, Thank you, Chrysler. It's interesting how Chrysler is going forward. And everyone's going backwards? Can you give me a little well, insight? I'll give you a whole bunch of shtick on this stuff. I, I, listen, I shtick? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that Mr. Marcioni, may he rest in peace, was a very bright man. And if you look at the automotive companies, he early on knew when he bought the Chrysler brand that the Jeep was going to be the star of the show. Mm-hmm. He also knew that he could make a lot of money on pickups. He didn't care about the automobiles. So he's the one that's the rising star. They're going to actually beat Ford in, in volume, I believe, in profit real soon. And... Uh, the other ones is that the other company, especially GM, with all these cuts, was still fat at the top. So Chrysler has the right product mix. Jeep, they went from a few hundred thousand to over two million units a year. Mm-hmm. Very profitable. Okay, so now let's talk about um, the county in Detroit. Okay, who's the number one employer today in Detroit? Uh, the number one employer is it's either medical or it's either automotive. So I want to, pro- or it could be Gilbert. Um, Gilbert's up there, but I don't think he has as many as GM. Number one employer, Chrysler. Rock Ventures. It is Rock. Sixteen thousand six hundred seventeen. I want to debate that. We'll go to number two. Yeah. Who's the number two employer? Say GM. City of Detroit. Okay. Nine thousand sixty-six. Number three. GM. Detroit Medical Center. Nine thousand okay, fourteen. Yeah. Then number four is Henry Ford Health. At 8923 Let's go back to Rock Ventures for a minute. Well, I'll give you GM just so you know. They're 6341 They're, they're quite a bit done. U.S. Okay. government has more at 6361 wow. Well, So you want me to go back up to Rock? Yeah, they've got a company called Amtrust. It's their uh, title mm-hmm. company. Yep. Little problems over there. Some challenges. We never call things problems. No, I told you that are, before. These are I, I, I always said to you, they, they, we have challenges Mr. and opportunities. Gilbert lost an appeal a couple of weeks ago for seven hundred something million dollars. Mm-hmm. The question is, is he going to close that company, that division? Will yeah. he want? I don't think he's going to want to pay that bill. Let's keep an eye on that. Well, I think we have to because um, that starts rocking the boat. Well, you know, in a different fashion. Yeah. In a different fashion, yeah. but. You know, what do they always say when there's a crack in the wall for the water to flow? Yep, there's a leak. Thank you very much. So, um, Keep an you know, Dan Don't Gilbert, to remind us of that. You know, Dan Gilbert has done a lot for Detroit. We're yeah, not going to argue that. He does. He does. Um, he does. Just as others have. But it was brought up to me the other day at dinner. Does Dan Gilbert do a lot for Detroit, or does Dan Gilbert do a lot for Dan Gilbert? Well, do the Illiches do a lot for Detroit, or do the Illiches do a lot for themselves? That's right. Well, the one name that I like who does a lot, and he's a great guy, is Roger Penske. All right, let's talk about Roger. Okay, Roger Penske is a wonderful businessman and gentleman. Mm -hmm. Everything I hear about him from people that work for him or have been friends with him say he is who he is. And there is no selfishness in Roger Penske. And Roger Penske does it for the good of people before he does it for himself. And he's proven that time and again. He does. Hey, gentlemen, not saying that the other two are not gentlemen. I'm not saying that. But when it comes down to do people do things for themselves first or do they do it for the good of the community? Well, the thing with Roger, and it started back with Super before even the Super Bowl came, yeah. um, when he, yeah. he brought auto racing to Detroit and everything zoom, else. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom. The, the Detroit Clean Project was him. 
Totally. Scanning the streets. He put the financing up for those vans that keep the streets clean every night. Right. And uh, you don't hear him in the headlines a lot. That's the kind of dude I like. You know, and, uh, you know, Roger came from the automotive world of the wonderful world of GM. Remember his dealership on Telegraph Road? Way Patsky back when. Chevrolet. Patsky Chevrolet. Yeah. South of 12 Mile Road on the break off on the service on drive. On the west side. Yep. How many cars did he stock daily? As many as he could. 431 was the average stock number of cars. Don't you just love this information? I love this yeah, information. Yeah, so Roger, Roger and had then a Pan, Joe Panion took it over. And then that was closed. Right. And now you got a beautiful Sarah, Sarah dealership. So why Joe well, Sarah. You know, the, the interesting thing, though, though, about Roger is Roger is in the trucking industry. Roger is in the truck leasing industry. The car sales auto, business. Automobile, auto, Hundreds yeah, of dealerships. Retail sales. Mm-hmm. And yet, Roger Penske... Is very low profile. Low key, low key kind of guy. It was funny. I'm leaving the uh, palace one night for a show, and the guy in front of me had a Corvette, and it said "I won Indy," and it was Roger. It was Roger. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Yeah. This is a different kind of question. There are a number of successful, low key business people in our community. A lot of them. Yep. Name me the top five in your mind. Low key. In other words, they don't pound their chest. I can't tell you. They don't want even need to bring up their names. They're yeah, that's so, why I did they're this. so that's why low I did key that they do not want you to know. But I know a lot of wealthy people that are very quiet, and you wouldn't know they have three cents, and they're very generous on donations, and they they stay that way. Um, you know, we were talking the other day, same conversation, mm-hmm. is that the average millionaire drives a used car, stays low key. And really doesn't talk about their wealth. So that takes you out of the loop because every time I see you, you're in a new car. That means I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am so glad that you brought that up because I have a special thing I want to talk about about those. Yeah. You know, late auto payments are getting to be a big headache. They've been and for the last year and a half. Do you years. know anything about a young lady named Wayneena? That's her last name. First name, um... I hope I pronounce it right and hope she doesn't get upset with me, but uh, Phaedra. Yeah. What does she have that is so unique? Oh, gosh, that's a personal issue she doesn't want to talk about. What does she have so unique? She defaulted on her auto loan. Okay. 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 And now is the executive director of the nonprofit Vehicles for Change that helps provide cars to people who can't afford them. You know, you brought up a number there of defaults on car loans. It's also um, a sign of the future economy, and I hate to be doom and gloom. Well, we're going to doom and gloom a little bit, but not. Not right now. I mean, well, no, we'll talk. I'll give you a minute or so to start. That's all we have. We always have just a minute. Well, you know, what goes up must come down, and the economy is facing a few dreary things. I don't want to be the ball buster all the time. But, you know, in the real estate side, we have to predict what's going to happen a year from now, two years from now, whether we tell our clients to buy, sell, hold, or wait till mm-hmm. things come down. A year from now, it's going to get a little nasty, maybe even sooner, maybe even sooner. Car defaults, loans, mm-hmm. credit card, all-time high debt, and it's time for the people who filed bankruptcy last time to file again. So, What should be your definition if somebody goes to buy a car today? Mm-hmm. Um, if I look at, if you look at their income, mm-hmm. what... Like, should it be 5% of their income for a car? Should it be 2%, What's 10%? The num- you know the number you're sitting No, there. I'm not. I'm, I'm just I saying. I assume it's 5% of their income. I don't know. It's like when they used to say most. when you bought a house, you should be able to take a look at a house payment. Well, to be Kelsey's a looking at a vehicle right now. She's looking to try to figure out what she can afford and what she can drive. And so far, I think we're on to, hey, Kelsey, are we just above a skateboard right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I think we're talking skateboard or skates, right? 
No, no, she's no. going to get a new ride. Well, if that was the ca- case, yeah. then I, I should be playing a different song about my roller skates instead of Karen Carpenter. I got a panda brand new so, roller skates. Uh, so I want you to find the roller skate people. key. I want you to think about some of the things we're going to talk about. Um, I'm grabbing the cup of coffee because, you know, since many people can't afford these cars, the new cars anymore, let's talk about a little bit more about how we get into a used car Previously at New Radio owned. Media. Previously owned at New Radio Media's Talking Biz. Teenagers depend on popular medications such as Accutane or Roaccutane to control their embarrassing skin blemishes. But researchers from Tel Aviv University say those pills can also lead to eye infections such as pink eye or styes. See, the problem appears to be linked to the drug's tendency to dry the skin, the lips, and the eyes. Your tears only lubricate the surface of the eye, but they also wash away bacteria and viruses. Fortunately, there is a simple solution to this problem, though. And all it takes to minimize your risk is to use artificial tears or eye drops to keep your eyes lubricated while using Accutane or Roaccutane. Both are readily available over the counter at any pharmacy. So if you have any problems with eye infections and you're using either of these acne drugs, then you should also talk it over with your doctor. Now it's also important to avoid rubbing your eyes when they feel dry. Instead, that should be your signal to grab your eye drops and re-moisturize your eyes. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream what you want to live. And welcome back to the coffee hour at New Radio Media Talking Biz. I'm Peter Prom. Oh, Paul, how are you? Got oh, a question. Wh- you forgot. We got a very special guest coming in. Now. We do. Um, you know, first of all, let's talk about this for a minute. What is your definition of the word disaster? Um. Uh, which, which ex- like a Webster, which, like a Webster which, definition. Which, which what is your de- do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not bringing a psychologist yeah. in or a you, psychiatrist. You, you, you know so. why? You know why? You know why a marriage is like a tornado? This ought to be real good. It starts with a lot of blowing and sucking. At the end, you lose your house. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a disaster. And and ladies and gentlemen, they talk about me and my coffee. (laughs) So does anybody in this building want to get married? Does anybody in the building want to get married? Hello. No, no. It's it's a disaster. You lose your house. You know, Paul's favorite line is, "When is the honeymoon over? When they cut the cake." No, yeah, yeah. No, but the fact is, is when someone loses a house, that's a disaster. Okay, is that is that like the worst disaster? Okay, but um, we're going to refine it a little bit Floods, more. Floods, storms, rains. You're giving me. I the, You're giving me. You know. I'm failing. Go ahead. What do you want? I know you're baby? giving me the, um, the after what? like peace. But what does Webster's dictionary say? When I look up Webster's dictionary, and you look up the word disaster, what would it say? Who stole the kishka? What would it say? What would it say? What does you did have? You, did you take a hike out of school? Disaster. I, school. What's with school? School. Yeah. 
School. 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 Yes, Actually, it's okay, okay, School. Okay, okay, go ahead. Okay. What's it say? A Does sudden event. Say a sudden, a sudden event. event. Is a disaster. Is yeah. a sudden event. So at 9 o'clock, okay. I get to use the word, 9 o'clock, Paul Schwartz. A disaster specialist. A disa- na- da- yes, he's the national disaster specialist for our coffee group in the morning. Yeah. He keeps us up to date on what it's like when we spill coffee. That's a disaster. Paul's a nice guy. Paul's going to come gonna in the studio. He's visit with his presence. He's and nice uh, he loves coffee, so okay, we'll give, give him, him coffee. coffee. But okay. we're going to talk about um, disasters. disasters, but mm-hmm. more than that, we're going to talk about what it's like when you're the first team there. What do you see? Uh, we're not going to brand company names today, but we're going to talk we'll about- We'll mention his company. We can. It's up to him. He's a big boy. Um, but to get a perspective on what people go through and everything else. So Paul Schwartz will join us at 9 o'clock here in the studio, which will be great. But I want to go back. Yes, go back. Three you minutes know, back. There maybe. is a recall in the sense of people are realizing that I love the cars, and then all of a sudden they're going back to the dealers. They're being Not that they're recalled. They're being repoed because you can't make the payments. So I love the article. It's something I've been saying for months. Okay. If not for almost a year, late auto payments, a sign of recession near? Question mark. The answer is yes. And where's the trigger mechanism for it? The trigger mechanism is a lot. Um, you know, once again, um, most people do not change habits. Okay? They're a, a creature of habits. And at the end of the day, um, if people live, and it's not their fault, but if they use credit cards and other things to crutch up their living and they do that and things get behind and you go backwards a little bit, you lose it. And it's not, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to blame anyone in particular. It's, it just happens. But at the end of the day, you've got people that need transportation and you need to live. And whether you lose your job or inflation. And, you know, this year when they slowed down finally the interest rate growth, when those interest rates went up, People don't realize that the people that are on these charge cards, that their payments go up. You know, if they get a half a point or point increase, whatever it is, they're already stretched on what they're paying. So let's say gas goes up, which it's on the rise again, and it goes up and it costs a person an extra $10 a week. That's $40 a month. And their credit card payments went up another 20 That's $60. And they're already stretched. That 60 even 50 could make someone go backwards. So that little amount can go backwards, and then you got that. Now, once away, the bankruptcy laws, every seven years you can file bankruptcy. When was the last recession? When did people get over that? The 08 period. So, so, so it's past that, but there's a lot of bankruptcy attorneys waiting for the next disaster. Um, in the commercial real estate business, uh, let's talk about shopping centers. Let's talk about these things called outlots, you know, these little buildings in front of the centers where they build, and they normally open a <clears throat> Starbucks and some foods and all that. Well, cost of building was way up, so these people build these shopping centers, and most landlords or um, developers cash out of the centers once they're filled, which means they take the leases and they sell them to the bank. They look at the number and what the capitalization rate is, and say they built it for $2 million, but the leases show the value of 3.5 for the center. Well, they mortgage the money out. They take the money out, and they pocket it. Now you lose a tenant that's paying $35, $40 a square foot, and the replacement tenant only can pay $20. They're only going to pay half. It doesn't service the loan. So you're going to see a lot of those kinds of real estate pieces going back to the banks. But are, but are we seeing, and I'll use uh, an example for a moment. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Birmingham. Okay. And there was a restaurant on Willits. Okay. The rent went up, mm-hmm. so they moved out. Mm-hmm. It's empty. And it's been empty. Yeah, it's going to stay empty. They're losing rent. Yep. 
the lease was over. Yep. So wouldn't it made wouldn't it have been more advantageous to keep them in the building at a lesser rent so you have cash flow? Now this I guess this is where everybody gets confused. Okay, that wasn't the only reason that restaurant closed. Well, okay. Obviously the sales were not there. Okay, if the sure. sales were there they would pay the rent. The question is is uh, is it over restaurant? The fact is, no. I know what you're saying. Shouldn't they take a tenant at any rent instead of well, not, not at any rent. rent, but within reason? I, so there's, okay. there's certain landlords are like that. Yeah. I, the reason they left is not just the rent. The fact is, they weren't doing the business they needed to do. Hmm. But yes, in some cases they can. In some cases they can't, because the bank might have a formula they have to stay into, and they try to stay into that formula. Yeah, the the Willits piece is a little different because you're you're you've got a condominium project up. It's not like a freestanding shopping center, right? So they can sit on it for a while and and do that. It's you know it's it's a tough area there. It's a corner. I mean, yeah, they can do business. There's a zillion reasons they went out. Okay, so let's take it from a different perspective on this. Mm-hmm. We're talking about we started talking about the used cars, you know, because of mm-hmm. the debt. Mm-hmm. Is there any blame to be put onto the credit card companies? For one, saturating the market when, you know, we you open up that envelope every th- third week and there's another credit card in your yeah, mail. there's another credit card. Well, here's the deal. Yes, it is. It's the same question as when people took liar loans on their houses. You know, they told they earned so much, they did certain things. Who's at fault, the consumer or the broker, mortgage company? But people get there and, and listen, tell you that people, could, hey, you know what, I'm tight. I can use another $500. I'll open the charge card. And they do it. And the charge companies know that they get crazy interest rates, and they're going to have a percentage of faults, defaults. But they make so much money, they don't care. And, and there's no way for the government or the legislative body to say roll back the rates? You know, Be more realistic in the marketplace? Well, you know what? I was just told again that there's zero down mortgages with 600 credit ratings. Okay, so you look at that. So once again, Subprime. we have a short memory. We, mm-hmm. When you have to keep business going, they look the other way. It's unbelievable. So, I just, I, yep, I don't they, know. They look the other way, and, and it happens. And, and you know what? That's part of me. I mean, it's we have short-term memories, and, and so do governments. And, you know, if you want to look at something that's a disaster, look at the United States infrastructure. And I'm switching around. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, it's tough out there today. Cost of living is expensive. Um, I think there's a lot of people fed up with a lot of things going on politically. And at the end of the day, I talked about this in the economy for years. This starts, there's a global economy, would you agree, right? Definitely. There's a national economy, right? Correct. There's a state economy. And, and there's and a community. city economy. And then there's your own personal economy. The one you're worried about is your personal economy. Correct. And, you know, just imagine how many of those TSA agents that did get paid that had to go either broke or lose or miss a car payment and all that stuff. Pretty sad. Pretty oh, it sad. is. I mean, it's it's getting more challenging even though um, everybody thinks, well, the government right now signed off, you know, cash flow is moving again. But at the end of the day, um, as I'm watching and traveling everywhere, you are watching the registers not seeing the bigger sales. You're watching people walking and looking, not buying. Um, and... Believe it or not, I hate to bring this up, but even Amazon, mm, God, choke myself on this one, has stated they're going to come out with a new soup, uh, a grocery, grocery store, store yeah, for lesser, with a lesser line item value. Well, they're going to do this, and I read the article yesterday, and yeah, you're talking about I think this. we both did. 
And if you look at what's going on, and if you don't change in business, you die. And, you know, we are in a very big disruptive business ourselves, the digital media mm -hmm. world. And I have this conversation every day with people. You really have to look at how digital has affected every industry, whether it's an insurance business like yours where people are buying online, whether it's someone buying groceries online, whether people are marketing differently. It's changed. So there's been a disruption in a lot of places with the computer, the digital world. And is it good or bad? Who knows? I mean, things change. And a lot of these companies that don't change are going to die. Now, the food business, which is also in disarray right now, because there's, there's I would say that 20% of the retailers out there carry some kind of food. Dollar stores carry food. Target carries some food. Gas stations carry food. You know, you've got all these quick stores that carry food. So the pie is only so big on how many people can have food. So there'll be another victim of of the save a lot, you know, of the uh, Amazon stores opening up and what's going on, and they'll have to change. Kroger, whose stock went down the other day after the the announcement of Amazon, All right? And so people are going to have to figure out. If you look at how fast Amazon has grown and diversified, it just shows the speed of the digital world. But do you think? I right, stay with the digital world where you're sharing it. Mm -hmm. But then you're hearing on the ads. You know, we will um, shop for you. You pull up your car. We'll grab it. We'll put it in your car. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing that. It's great for canned goods. Not a problem. Yeah, yeah. But how do you look at vegetables, fresh? I look at that. You look I at mean, it, but let me tell you something. My mother's older, right? She was getting ready to sign up for the Myers delivery system. And we decided that my sister and I would pick it up the shop and give us the list. The, use, the, the excuse of I want to fill my own tomatoes and all that stuff is not as important as it used to be. You don't think? Nope. God. It's, it's, it, the point is, it's called about convenience and time. My wife and would tell you that's crazy. How could you? How could anybody find the right vegetable, tomato, um, banana, whatever, you know what? versus just going to the bin, throw this in the bag, move the shopping cart down, you got seven and a half minutes left to shop it, get okay. it out of the store, and boom. Okay, so let's say you just lost your car. And you can't go pick shopping, and they could they can deliver to you. Where are you going to go do delivery service? I mean, the world is changing. Uh, and, and when you talk to someone who, there's a lot less reason car numbers are going down because people want to use mass transit, ride sharing, and all this other stuff. So things are changing, and the way people shop, I don't think a younger person first thing is going to come in their mind that I can't feel the tomato. I just want a tomato. Well, I don't know. I guess you know when you and I were in New York, and we would walk down the street. About every fourth block, there was like a simple little marketplace, and convenience store. you felt store. every tomato, I know. I... Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he has a tomato fetish. That's what I'll I tell you. Is. Well, you can't have this bagels and locks. And okay, Wait a minute. Yeah. You can't have bagels and locks without a good sliced onion and a tomato. Yes. So, you know, it's interesting. So, all right, I'll have to, I'll have to dwell on that, drink some coffee, and think about it. But um, it's getting, to, it's going to blow up on us. That's all I'm going to say. Well. And, um, well, I don't know. So don't forget, folks, Paul Schwartz is going to join us uh, shortly. Paul and I will be back in two minutes. You're listening to New Radio Media's Talking Biz. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic, sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, Podquesters. See you there.
The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there was a substantial drop in diabetes deaths in the decade leading up to 2006, especially for deaths resulting from heart disease or stroke that's attributed to diabetes. American adults with diabetes are still more likely to die younger than those who do not have the condition, but the gap is getting smaller. The findings come after researchers looked at data from 1997 to 2004, covering nearly a quarter of a million adults. The mortality rate may be falling for some very simple but sound reasons. People with diabetes were found to be less likely to smoke and more likely to be physically active than they were in the past. And there also have been some improvements in controlling blood pressure and cholesterol levels. But sadly, the news is not all good though. As the CDC also says that the prevalence of diabetes is likely to rise in the future largely due to poor lifestyle choices and obesity. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. I'll tell you what happened. G'day, Morty. I got the Central Sauce. We're at C2E2 with the legendary Chris Claremont. Greetings, my fellow geeks. My name is Jordan Trevilian, and this is Get It to the Geeks. We are here with David Yost, the original Blue Power Ranger. Nobody right. promised you when you bought the thing on PS4 that you could play it on Switch. But your, your excuse is garbage. I'm going to pull out my crossbow. All right, sweet chainmail armor. Let's see what you got. It's my turn? No, it's my turn. Go ahead, go ahead. You go know, ahead, okay. we, we listened to Dr. Jimmy Bragman I'm, talk I'm, about I'm prescription. I'm someone here. I'm on you know, dating site. J Dr. Jimmy Bragman was talking about prescription on health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there also is a prescription on debt and yeah. how to get yourself out a little bit. Yep. You want to take that for a moment? Kind Hold of on, sure. I'm just answering. This lady wants to talk to me on Zeusk. <laughs> I swear I'm a single guy. I decided. I'm, anyone here of Zeusk? What? It's a new dating site that's online. Are you serious? Yeah, this lady wants to talk to me. There's some hot singles near you. Uh, she's nice. She's 53, a little taller than me, 5'9". Yeah. So she's you know, nice. Yeah, this is really great. She's from Gross I'm talking Point, about, Michigan. I'm talking about debt and the concerns that people <laughs> I think have. You get a date. These women take you into Paul's debt. Paul's only worried about cash flow to go out on a date. Well, listen, you know, she's cute. She's nice. She's, okay. from, she's from Gross Point. She Gross might have Point. money. Let's go out with that one. Oh, she's not Ooh. listening. Okay, let me put that away. She's, yeah, put the toy away. I'll let you know The electronic week, device she gets she you in trouble. She says she wants to meet me. Yeah, well. So you want to talk about debt? There's a lot of debt. And this is the article about savings. Well, how to get out of debt, how to guide yourself on a step-by-step. -step. It's, 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 it's very difficult. It's a 12-step program. How do you know about 12-step programs? <laughs> <laughs> is there something in that coffee? Do we have the 12-step program? Is there anybody out there that listens to what I do here at New Radio Media? We, uh, listen, Peter, I, I we love am you. the backbone you, you, of this uh, company. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let him laugh for the next 12 minutes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just hey, joined Paul us. Paul Schwartz is on the other side of the class. Hey, good morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul, Paul Schwartz. Yeah. He's loving every yeah, bit of this. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Paul's come to the studios and set up Panera today. Hey, yeah. I, I think, Thank you, you know. Anyways, you know, so Seriously. you talk about people get idea. It's You know what I said? I, I hate to be the bearing of doom and gloom, but we're going to see it on the downstroke. Um, you know, what goes up must come down. People have to make adjustments and do things. It's it's an interesting time, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, they tell you to put an extra few dollars away every paycheck. But let's go back to what I talked to before the break, is that a lot of people don't have the extra few bucks. And so you have to make an adjustment, whether it's going through bankruptcy, whether it's taking extra money, whether it's getting a second job. There's more people today working two jobs than ever. 
I Not, mean, two there's or no three argument jobs. about that. There's no so, argument. So the economy came back for certain people, but there's a lot of people still struggling out there. So if you go out there and someone works a couple jobs, two, three jobs, and they're just making it, and you say, wait a second, put $30 away each paycheck? I'm hoping that I can pay all my bills with what I have. So it's a it's a rough road. It's a rough thing. And um, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens in the next 12 months. All right. Well, you know, I think it's something we need to dedicate ourselves a little bit. I mean, we joke here in the studio, everybody, at New Radio. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it on Talking Biz. But at the end of the day... We go, come across people all the time that have had financial challenges, um, and you know, you there's a definition between sympathizing and empathizing. Yep. There's a fine line, yep. but at the same time, if you're caught in that challenge, reach out for help. Well, it's, you it's, can't do it by yourself. Well, and 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 there's a thin line. I, I happened to go to a restaurant last night. And you're going to hate this relationship between death and suicide or depth and suicide. Uh, when people are in debt, they they have tendencies to look at things and say there's no way out. So it's it, part of it and the percentage of suicides are related to people that are in debt or owe money. And so it's it's something that we're going to get behind on you know, that and new radio media. But it's a tough subject. It's a whole show. We should bring some financial planners in. We should talk about people. We should be bringing people that got out of debt. Uh, a lot of good stories. A lot of it's also attitude. A lot of it's attitude in business or in personal direction. If, you, if you're doom and gloom, sometimes you can't get out of that, and that's related to that thin line between suicide and crisis. And um, I think we should dedicate, we've talked about it, and there's plenty of shows that we have with psychologists on the, on the network that talk about it. But, um, you know, you gave me two articles here, one about people laid on car payments and one of people about trying to save emergency aid. I mean, these are just articles, signs of the time, and... And I hate to say we're going to see more. Well, we're going to go back in time then to 1924. Uh, and I know you love when I do this. 1924, okay. Okay, yeah. with John and Frank. You know who they were? John and Frank, two brothers. Yep. Last name was Jermac. Yep. Yep. And nuts. Nuts. But they weren't in the nut business. Yep. They were in the grocery business. Yep. And they found back in 1924 that things were starting to change and that more grocery were coming in, and they could not fine-tune them their grocery store. So they came up with taking care of where they came from, their heritage of the Mediterranean area, and came up with the pistachios, Yes, working with pistachios. But what made them unique was two things. Yep. One, the roasting of the pistachios. Mm -hmm. But what did they do to identify their pistachio different from everybody's? Red dye. Red dye. And, and you, you know, you talk about that. And, and people, and, what happened to and, red pistachios? Well, later on in the 60s, Okay, because of what came out medically on yeah, the red dye. Number two. Number two, they went back to the base pistachio again. Yeah. Um, but then what is so unique about how we change and do, and you said it earlier with Amazon and everybody else, in 2012, they created a second company in a sense mm -hmm. with uh, the great-grandchildren. You know what that was? Go ahead. They are roasting coffee. Coffee roasting, my something favorite. I don't okay, they don't roast tea, Paul. Yeah. They roast coffee. No, in Bangladesh, there's a. Tea uh, here roaster. we go. Yes. Here we go. The tea roaster of Bangladesh. Abe, Abe, Abe the tea roaster. Abe the tea roaster. He's on, yes, he's, he's on got Main a, Street in Bangladesh. Has he got a little step van too? You know, to drive no, around. No, no, he has forty-two semis. Forty-two semis. Big, big tea roasting company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben. Anyway, so they expanded into roasting coffee, mm -hmm. and they realized, just like we've been sharing during the day here, mm -hmm. as generations come and go, 
things have to change. Yep. And, you know, so they started in 1924. They're celebrating their 95th year. And the, the idea that the pistachio came out, they put the red dye in, and 62, they take it out. Then they come into roasted coffee now. Transitions of a family, a family-owned business, just kind of tells us right along that we have the Amazons of the world coming in, banging down the doors. But at the same time, the local families, just like we did quietly with Roger Penske, mm-hmm. keep changing the culture without changing the wave. So let me ask you a question. You brought up pistachios. Yes, I love Here's them. a fun fact. A fun fact. How many years, how old does a pistachio tree have to be until it produces its first pistachios? Anyone have an idea? Tony, come on. Put it up the mic. Before its first Again, year? Before it produces its first pistachio. How many years does 12 the tree? Years. 12 years. Oh, damn. 10? I don't know. Seven. Seven. It's got to be a seven-year-old plant before it produces pistachios. That's one of the reasons pistachios are so expensive, or used to be. Well, they're, no, they're still up there, trust me. They're not yeah, the least expensive yeah, item the, on the what street. What is the pistachio index these days? How much per pound? Uh, that's a good question. Hold on a minute. Pistachio index. Hmm. We have the important things here at Talking Business. I, say, I feel it's like pistachio. we're crossing over into the, the, the pistachios realm here. Produce. How much coffee have you had? <laughs> pistachios and, and Thank the, you, the pistachio hey, hey, Paul Schwartz, you know how much pistachios are a pound these days? He's sitting there. He's not. No, you go. No, you get a you get a bag of pistachios. Usually about two pounds, like twelve or thirteen dollars. I mean, they're they're not cheap. And then you want those. And then you want the people that say, "Well, I don't want the shells. I want to just get the pistachio. I don't want the shells." So that costs more money. Part of the because you have five people in the back room opening them up, spitting out a case. They're either got to get you know got to. I'm gonna go in search of red pistachios today. You can get them all day long. Red pistachios, and then I'm gonna go to what's his face is. The, the pizza place that I wanted to go to. Buddies. Oh, Louis. Oh, Louis. Let's go Lewis. to Louis. You want to go to Louis? Let's go to Louis on DeQuinder. There you go. Louis on DeQuinder. We'll go there. Let's do a show from Louis. We should. Let's let's call Louis and say we want to do a show from Louis. Why not? Okay. So um, before the hour ends, though, there is a couple of things happening in the community today that are very important. Number one, Eaton Academy, a school with, for uh, kids with learning differences, okay. is having their annual gala tonight. Oh, uh, are you going to that? Uh, we're going to is that. Is that black tie? For some. I will have a pattern tie. Okay. Pattern, okay. pattern okay. tie. Okay. Pattern tie. Were any of you invited to go to the gala with Peter that I don't know about? Kelsey, were you invited to go to the gala? Huh? Tony? Budgets. What? Budgets. We weren't You told me I could only use two tickets. Budgets. You told me I had a budget restraint. So it's you and Carrie. Yes. Okay. And Ethan. I'm left. Actually, Ethan's going too. He's an alumnus. That's three tickets. Well, but he's an alumnus, so instead of working the courtroom, instead of working the coat room and uh, some of the other things there, he's actually getting to go in and look around. I said, now just remember, there's an auction. Keep your hand down. So let's talk a little bit more about. I want to. I want to bring some stuff up. We get bring just about a few more minutes. You got a few Mr. minutes Schwartz left. In. Mr. Schwartz, Schwartz, that's Mr. Schwartz, come on in. Um, you know, we're talking about downtown and hotels and everything that's going yes. on in town and restaurants. When's the last time you had dinner downtown Detroit? I went to I went to Lafayette Coney Island. Okay, and and how about Tony? Have you been downtown Detroit to eat lately? Um, I think last time I had dinner, maybe yeah, probably at Coney Island. I think probably like yeah. Lafayette. My last real dinner downtown. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Um, to the east of Cobo, to the west of Cobo, I mean, um, I was there for a wedding. But okay. I, I think it's like called the Landing Dock or something. Are you talking about the port, the international d- the port? 
Talking about the the docking port there. Was it a party you were at? Yeah, I was at a wedding. Oh, the, so you were at the uh, two story building. Yeah, yeah. It's it's where the dock the boats. You, right. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. So we were there. That was not uh, a restaurant. That's a facility that came. Well, that, there's a bar down there and all that. But in the meantime, besides right. that, I would say. A real dinner was Angelina's before they closed. All right, so what percentage of restaurants do they predict they're going to fail in downtown Detroit in the next two years? 32%. That's going to be a big percentage. Uh, the story's been written, and people go, during the weekdays, Monday through Thursday, most restaurants you can shoot a cannon through. Right. So there's going to be a lot of restaurants to be picked up relatively inexpensively in downtown Detroit and do that. But uh, on the weekends, they're all busy. So what's your number one restaurant down there? Lafayette. Okay. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Um, what do you think the next newest hotel will be downtown? Well, they're boutique hotels that they're opening. There's no biggies opening up, but there are some developers talking on Jefferson. We know a few that are looking to build hotels. Um, and there'll be some remods of other hotels, but the shortage continues of hotel rooms. Do you think there'll events. be a hotel near the new Ford uh, Automation Center? Oh, you talk. Oh, yeah. Ford's going to have a hotel station. around there. Yeah, there's going to be a hotel around there. Do you think it would pay to have a hotel in the train station? No. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, well, I shouldn't say no. They could not have at this it. time. Right. Okay. Sounds good to me. So you know, the first hour has gone by. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us. We're going to grab a cup of coffee, get Mr. Paul Schwartz in here to talk about disasters around the world and around the country and here at home. You're listening to New Radio Media's Talking Biz. We'll see you shortly. Show me someone who eats quickly and chances are I can show you someone who's overweight. Japanese researchers report that people who eat quickly until they're full are three times more likely to be overweight. The findings which appear in the British Medical Journal indicate that eating style can be just as important to your weight control as what or how much you eat. Now, dieters have been told for years to eat slowly to give your body time to register the food it's already consumed. You can help yourself and your children by making sure everyone eats slowly and in calm surroundings. Now this may be quite a feat to achieve in a day when it's so common for people to eat while watching television, which is a major no-no for anyone trying to lose weight or to control their weight. So remember that when it comes to eating, your mouth is faster than the signals that tell your brain that you've had enough. So slow down and give your body the time it needs to work properly. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Brackman. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. You guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. 
the things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. And welcome back to uh, NewRadioMedia.com and Talking Biz on a Saturday morning. NewRadioMedia.com. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at the board. There's no .com. Well, we're a .com, soon to be NRM Streamcast. Uh, we'll keep an eye on for the new logo and the new trademarks and everything coming on. We'll be streamcasting all over the world, which we are what, right now. Go what ahead. Is it? You make it sound like we're going to have a disaster here. Well, we have someone who handles disasters in the Did studio, you? Mr. Paul Schwartz. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. How, How are you, you doing? doing? I'm well. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. Well, Paul is, is from Surpro, the extreme team in Saginaw. Paul, how many years have you been dealing with disasters? Uh, 20 plus. And, 20 plus. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, both regional and national. So before 20 years, you never had a disaster in your life? Oh, I had lots of disasters. <laughs> <laughs> and do that. Yeah, well, you know what? Peter invited you in this morning because Peter wanted to talk about disasters and, uh, and and what goes on in the world and what you actually do. So, you know, tell us a little bit about um, what you actually do and, well, and what your company does. Wait okay, you want to talk. Okay, Peter's got his I got to get a different ahead. perspective here. Okay, sure. you know, I'm going to go to sleep. You guys talk. Here we go. <clears throat> Ta -da. Ta -da. What is your definition of a disaster? Well, you know, we break it out either by area-wide disaster. Uh, you, you could have a river overflow in a populous area, so that might be impacting 20,000, 30,000 people. Or you could have a substantial disaster, such as hurricanes, uh, large tornadoes, typically in the south, that are impacting tens of thousands, maybe you know, perhaps millions. So a disaster really is just a sudden event that takes place in a very short period of time. Yeah, typically unplanned, although, you know, a lot of times with hurricanes, we can watch them. Because Paul always asks me, how do you create a flood? <laughs> That's another conversation. <laughs> I've never done that. That's like the guy, how do you plant a fire? <laughs> we got plenty of people we can interview uh, yes, from, yes. from the neighborhoods yes, in this do. area we can talk to. And, yes, we do. And then bring in Globe Midwest to see who, who they've saved and go from there. But we're not going to no, go there. But a disaster no names really, mentioned. You know, but a disaster make sure really the art's is, in the house or out in the house. We won't go there, but go ahead. A disaster really is a sudden event in a short period of time. Yeah. And, and I've seen things, you know, through the years that just blow my mind, like uh, the floods in Iowa, where the riverbanks overflowed, perhaps. So that was the Clinton River in Iowa that would have been overflowing at the time? Ohio River. In uh, well, Iowa? Cause, yes. Okay, because I know at one time we were having a bunch of Walgreens, and they were all by the Clinton. Yes. And we had some big issues. Yes. And, and you just watch a river go a mile over its banks, and, you know, they'll call it a 500-year flood 
which doesn't matter because people lose their property. They're not covered. Uh, it's horrible. So when you see this happening, transpiring as a responder for this, how do you prepare for something like this? Well, there's two preparations. One is the physical and, and the equipment preparation. So obviously for a flood, I'm going to bring different equipment than I would bring for a hurricane or a tornado. And then uh, the emotional piece. And, and you have to toughen up a little bit because you, you watch several thousand people lose their homes. I take that very personally. I mean, it, it's, it's really sad. You know, you're, you're with ServPro, and i got a question for you with that. You know, you're based in Saginaw, but what is your territory? I mean, are you allowed to go anywhere you can go, or they, does ServPro, like, gather the troops and say we need more licensees to go to a certain area? So there are different groupings. Okay. And we are what's called an extreme team, and there's currently, I think, 12 st- extreme teams nationally, and we're split up regionally, and... Uh, they will call us as, or or we quite often get called in by customers we have uh, contracts with, mm-hmm. response contracts. So we're, we're the first wave, and, and obviously the person that owns the territory is in that first wave, too. But they, they try and dictate that pretty, uh, pretty close. So when you say extreme team, is that uh, based on the equipment you have, the size you can handle, the... It's it's based on the knowledge base, the training, the equipment, mm-hmm. uh, financial wherewithal. Right, you got to put out money you to handle these disasters. Put right? out millions of dollars. Millions. I mean, it's the burn rate uh, is so substantial that that uh, sometimes I blows my mind. And I I've been at this and have done some really big jobs. I, you know, our fuel bill quite occasionally will run. I don't know. You know, ten, twelve thousand a day. Wow! Just for fuel. Well, that's generators and everything else, yes. right? So, yes. extreme team. I when I hear extreme team, I assume you have like a, a couple semis and some big machinery. What what is that? Yeah, we have uh, in our fleet. We keep a dedicated uh, extreme response fleet. Gotcha. So, uh, six semis that are loaded, uh, both with equipment and more importantly, consumables. Then we have various lar- what we call large format equipment, uh, desiccant dehumidifiers, generators, and then uh, we have extremely good resources with uh, a lot of the major rental companies, and that's changed dramatically since when I started. So generators are not, they're hard to get, but they're not impossible anymore. Gotcha, because a lot of companies I know, some of the bigger companies are really subcontracting a lot of things, and actually the amount of employees they have themselves are down, but they subcontract a lot yes. of things. So it just keeps the overhead down, and then you can ramp up or ramp down anytime you want. So you got in this business about 20 years ago. Yes. Wow. And did you start with a local company? How did you start? I started with a local company okay. and uh, was there for approximately five years, and then we decided it was time to branch out for ourselves gotcha. and uh, started a company that uh, made it just shy of five years. I uh, entered 2008 with a, as a good thing and left as a bad thing. And that's, and that's when you joined SurfPro? Uh, I joined SurfPro in 2010. Okay, so a little bit after that in SurfPro. So you've been with them going on nine years? Yeah, y- yes. And nine years. All right, so, so when you go... And you look at these disasters. Um, what has been the largest disaster you've been involved in? 
physical building or physical disaster? Well, go disaster first. Let's go disaster, yeah. So money-wise, uh, probably Hurricane Sandy was the densest, uh, which was a water event. It really wasn't the hurricane that did the damage. It was the... The aftermath the, the, water. The, yes. And uh, and then, you know, uh, one of the interesting ones was Hurricane Rita, which occurred just after Katrina, and that took out most of the fuel distribution for America that was yeah. located in Port Arthur, Port Natchez, Texas. That that took down uh, four, four of the largest refineries. Wow. So, and, and literally wiped out uh, the electrical system, just took it down. It was, I never saw anything like it. So you ran your generators a lot down there. Yes, and you did your it was a lot of darkness is what it was. Wow. In the course of going down to these different challenges that have taken place the very first one that you went to what was your biggest fear on a personal level well literally uh had no resources had no hotel rooms i mean i went down there kind of blind um i ended up having some labor disputes we brought labor from here and uh, the general contractor was not paying us, so we were short on payroll and uh, basically got surrounded by 150 angry laborers. Don't do that anymore. Don't have to worry about that. So you have an emotional side to it, and then there's a physical side to it. So the physical side is we don't get paid and things like that. Yes. Stay with me on the emotional side for a moment. That first call you went to, the very first large, sudden and accidental loss, you get on the scene mentally overwhelmed. Were you shocked by what you saw to the degree that you'd never seen things like this before? Um, what was the emotional? So initially, one of the reasons I like this business is I'm not a great office sit-and-do paperwork type of person. I, I love the tumult. And... Uh, but but when you have perhaps uh, major injury or death or personal property, you know, businesses can be repaired, homes that are uninsured, that, you know, you see a bunch of just middle-class people lose everything they have. That That's very uh, impactful to me. So you get down there this first round. You've been through it. How do you coach the newbies to understand this before they get there? Well, you know, I give them a list. I want them to be prepared with supplies and, and little things. So, What about the mental game, though? The mental game is you get them down there, and I've watched many a person crumble. They, You just send them home. Some people can deal with it. Uh, a lot of people will drink a lot. Um, try and ease the pain that way at night. I, I find a lot of my coworkers that normal, normally don't imbibe that much every night becomes a party for them, but it's really just trying to keep their emotions in check. And then, you know, your other partner in all this, and unfortunately we call it the government, is FEMA. Yes. So we have the Federal Emergency Management Agency. When do they normally get there? Well, you know, it kind of depends where, but normally they're on site, 
you see them start to ramp up within several days. And after, usually we're there before they're there. Are they participating in a proactive or in a restrictive proactive? Probably restrictive proactive. I, I think there's a lot of uh, obviously politics that go in and, and uh, who's going to control what. And, and I think a lot of the local communities want to try and maintain control. I think people don't understand how impactful some of these events really are. The, the areas that get them a lot understand the game. People who don't get them often uh, are probably more hesitant to start doing something. So FEMA gets there two to three days later. You have the local communities with their politicians, and everybody's trying to, I guess, in a sense, posture themselves for the community. At what point do you step back and say, time out? We don't. I mean, most of what we do is private enterprise. We'll, we'll do uh, this last go-around uh, in North Carolina. We did work for uh, two counties. We did all their buildings. And they had the mindset that they're they actually, because they've been through this several times, they had the mindset, let's get going and we'll worry about the government piece later. We, we want our city back up, which obviously is the best approach. Do you hear that music? Yes. You know what that means? That probably means a commercial. Yeah, we're going to take a break. You can have that coffee now. Awesome. I know we worked you real well. You're listening to New Radio Media's Talking Biz. Welcome back to Who's Got Chutzpah. I'm your host, Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. And are you ready? Andy, uh... what holiday is this associated with? Oh, boy. Uh, uh. Sukkot? I'm sorry, that's not the answer we were looking for. Whitney, for the win. Can you tell us which holiday is this? I know. Shavuot. No, I'm sorry. I've got the answer. Ta-da! What? My show, Let's Talk Torah, where we talk Torah, holidays, faith, and all the things that help us live our life. That's Let's Talk Torah, Thursdays at 3 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. That's pretty good. Yep, what's up? This is your boy, Walter Jones, also known as Zach, the original Black Ranger, and you are geeking out with Geek Taming Weekly at New Radio Media. It's worth the time. A new release long-term study concludes that women who work the night shift are at greater risk of developing breast cancer. The report appears in the journal Occupational Environmental Medicine and shows that working more than two night shifts a week can raise the risk of breast cancer by as much as 40%. Even more troubling was the finding that women who worked at least three night shifts a week for a minimum of six years had a 50% increase in their cancer risk. The study also found that the risk was almost four times higher in women who considered themselves to be morning people. One possible reason for the increased risk is the interruption of the normal human circadian rhythm, which is your body's internal clock. Disrupting normal sleep patterns over a period of years compromises the production of melatonin, which is a hormone that's been shown to suppress cancer growth. Early risers who did not work any night shifts were found to have the lowest risk of developing breast cancer. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. 
And if you've just joined us, you're listening to New Radio Media's Talking Biz with special guests in our wonderful studios, Paul Schwartz, a great disaster uh, man in the field. You know, it handles the big, large disasters. But, Paul, a homeowner, how do they prepare for a disaster? What should they have available to them just every day to be, just to be safe? Well, I think you do some of the basic stuff. You make sure your smoke alarms are fresh. You know, after 10 years, go get a new one. I just put new ones in my parents' home because they were old. Make sure your carbon monoxide test uh, detector, same thing. Buy a new one. They're $29 now. Know how to shut your water off at your home if you're a... Uh, <coughs> frequent Florida traveler, you go away for several months, it's not such a bad idea to shut your water off. Don't turn your heat down so much in Michigan. What should it be at? If it was me to, really, I'd keep it 65, 70. I, I know a lot of people are the 55 or 50 people uh, degrees, but the money you save versus the harm that you can do, it's it's just not worth it. Just mm. leave it normal. Uh if, if you have a, a sudden cold snap like we're going to get the next night, it's hard to build a heat load at 50, then, it, you know, you're, you're, you could go down substantially when right. it goes to 6. You're at 70. If it goes down, you're going to end up at 55. So let me understand this. You know, military, we always have a bag by the side of the bed, as the old joke goes. So if the call comes, we got to leave. You got a bag by the side of your bed? I do. I, a, I keep a suitcase packed, but but I keep flashlights. Uh, I check the batteries at home. Um, I'm probably not as good as I should be about mm. certain things, but I, I replace my smoke detectors. I, I'm a freak about uh, carbon monoxide detectors. I have my, my furnaces inspected. I've had my plumbing inspected and maintained. I Put those little foam deals on the outside. Faucets. Uh, yes, yes. On, the, on the hose bed. Yes. Paul doesn't know this. He has an apartment. He wouldn't even. <laughs> I've had houses. I've had houses. I prefer the apartments. Yeah, I don't blame you. Know, I just, you know, I, just, right. I guess something broke. Landlord, fix it. Okay, that's it. You know, it's taking a look, and it's nothing goes away. If if something's broke, I've never find it found it to fix itself later. You just gotta bite the bullet and uh, get it fixed. So when you get the call for a. Sudden, you know, a what we call that sudden disruption, i.e., the tornado, the hurricane, the massive fire, whatever, like California fires, where people lost their homes, and you first get the call. What steps do you go through before you even board a plane or anything? I mean, do you go like go on a computer, look at photos of where you're, you know, what it looks like, the topographically of the area? Do you what? What do you? Yeah, do? well. Definitely look at photos, but especially with floods, the uh, media will take 40 pictures of the same half-mile area in different ways, and it can be very deceiving. So sometimes a flood is quite often a flood is not a flood. It's a very small event that local companies are more than capable of handling. Wait a minute. Is this false news? Fake news, yeah. Fake, fake news, news. Yeah, fake news. Years ago, <laughs> years ago, they uh, said the uh, Mississippi River was going to overflow uh, in the Memphis area, and so we zoomed down. Corporate, you know, wanted a big response because mm -hmm. Zerpro's located in Tennessee, and 
we get down there and in uh, a station that specializes in weather uh, a network actually had a camera aimed at a puddle caused <laughs> caused by a lawn sprinkler at a park. That was the flood. And that was that was a that big was part the, of the flood. And yeah. so you wasted thousands of dollars to drive down. Uh, there. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, let's talk about that. You right. you you get a uh, call. And uh, let's see, what's the biggest team you ever sent out? Uh, I don't know, 15, 20 people of different categories. Okay. And, and typically we'll stage it so that we have first responders first, and, mm-hmm. and I'll go down and, and maybe one other person to, you know, help establish scopes. So you got 15, 20 people, then you've got contractors lined up to come with you. Yes, okay, and so, equipment. And equipment, so it's it's costly. It's it's about a give or take a $50,000 throw of the dice. All to, right, so you, you go there respond. and you get there and you wait, and so, you, you know, it's, it's a gamble a lot of times. It's a gamble. You go out there and you say, okay, you know what, it was a pond, if you know, with the camera, and we're out of here, and then you move on to the next lick. Yes. Wow. How long, how many years has the Extreme Team been together out of Saginaw? So we started pretty much when I got there is when 2010. Yeah, yeah, Surpro made the commitment that they were going to, as their next growth piece, was going to be commercial. Okay. And uh, I actually had worked on a lot of the pre-planning and the books and the paperwork along with the owner, uh, Randy Miller, and we had a formidable piece of documentation because that's critical now. Right. And basically since then, uh, we've becoming probably the absolutely one of the big national players. Right. So what kind of volume do you guys do, Pro? Let's say all completely in the, in the franchise system. So as a group, uh, Pro does uh, $2.5 billion last year. So they've got to be one of the largest. They are by far the largest. Wow. It, it, as a matter of fact, uh, and I don't know how accurate these are because it's private, but... Uh, they are supposed to be as big as the next five competitors combined. Wow, a lot of disaster. Which, which I had no idea, by the way. I That's a nice no size idea. company. Yeah. Nice size company. Wow. So you see yourself doing this for the uh, end of your career? You never know. You never know. You never know. You, I, maybe I hit a spot here. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's physically, it's super demanding. Yeah. And uh, I've been on call pretty much 24-7 for 20 years. That absolutely gets old. Well, you must have a good wife behind you. She is you know, a when gem you, when you, when about you look that. At, you look at the career, you know, taking care of the kids, and you're on the road, and she's taking care of everything back at home, and she's a very nice woman. I have been know your wife for many years, and you're very fortunate because it takes a woman like that to be with It, the, it takes a strong person, and, and when I'm told to go, it's go. It's not... Go in three days. Yeah, honey, I might ya. be leaving. No, honey, see you later. Boom, right. you got your bag and you packed. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, understanding all the different things, you know, you have a family that you want to be with all the time. You want to take care of the clients, okay, that, that are calling you. But how does a Paul Schwartz today get updated on the newest techniques and everything else based on that kind of a schedule? I pay. I still pay a lot of attention to technology. I've always been like a bit of an equipment freak, so I I want to stay up on the latest greatest things. Uh, I have a lot of friends in the industry, so we 
continue to communicate about new things. Surpro's very proactive. And a lot of times it's, you know, it's just these major, major cleanups. So I, I try not to make it. I hear people talk about all the science, and sometimes it's really just getting your hands dirty on a massive scale and making sure a company can get back up to business. That's the critical piece is ensuring that, you know, as, as quick as you can minimize their business interruption, the better and the more odds they have to continue their success. So, all right, so we, we you're, there's no real true continuing net. It's just an internal continuing net in a sense then with your peers. I mean, there is continuing ed, so, you know, I'm certified in asbestos and in mold, all, yeah, all, all that kinds stuff, of, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I've got that. So now you're out in the field and you come back. D, 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 uh, I want my word here. Decompress? Um, not, decompress. No, not oh. decompress. We both decompress that word. Okay. Now, decontamination. Yes. Okay. Where do you start that process? At the job site? At the job site. And walk our viewers through it a little bit because they're not going to be as familiar as what you and I may understand it to be. So you really never, you know, and science has been poor about what we're stepping into often. So we, we know that with a flood, that would be what they call a Category 3 water. So there's all kinds of uh, cooties, uh, <laughs> could be waste, raw waste, uh, all kinds of bad things. Well, we want to ensure that when that equipment goes into another project, we're not bringing in the cooties and uh, any kind of bacterial, because uh, Gosh knows where the equipment can go. So everything gets decontaminated on site uh, at, at minimum. Uh, filters are replaced. They're literally scrubbed down uh, with, uh, we use a all-natural antimicrobial uh, product. Uh, it's actually made out of thyme, thyme oil. And uh, virtually everything gets sanitized. And then it's all thrown back in the semis and brought back up. Yes. And, and then, away you go. And then it gets inventoried up here. They'll do a double check. Anything that they find uh, not 100% gets removed and replaced. So if somebody wanted to join your team today, what kind of qualifications do you look for in a person? Well, you know, a lot of the training can be done on site. Or we send, you know, we obviously have certain training programs with water restoration, smoke restoration. Uh, it's having a great attitude, and it's uh, knowing that you could be a home, you know, away from home for, you know, a month or two or three. Hmm. It's a big deal to a lot of people. So Paul couldn't go then? Paul could go. Why can't I go? Because you got to be here. You can't well, leave for a month. I can leave. Could you leave for a month? Well, I'm not the CEO anymore, so I Ooh. guess I can leave. I, I'm not the chief bottle washer, <laughs> and, you know? And to be honest, But you do know, you know how to decontaminate that bottle I'm, that you're washing? I'm good at that stuff. I'm a uh, handy guy, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You live in an apartment. Wait a second. Let's go back to my last house that I owned. I no, built you... the addition to the deck. I did the contracting for the lower level. You got a tool guy here, so I, I, I'm not the typical Jewish uh, guy. I can do that stuff. Wait a minute. Yep. You got a tool belt? I can get everything I need. Actually, when I built, I, I would put a hot tub on my deck, and I built the expansion. 
And the wife took a tour, showed the neighborhoods he built it, and they wanted to make sure, you sure you did this? And when I was finishing my lower level basement, I did all the molding and paint. I was the general contractor, and I sprayed and rolled, and I looked like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I was white all over, and my brother-in-law came down laughing at me like, what are you doing? I said, I'm painting the basement. To me, that's therapeutic. If you do a handyman job and you start to build something, and that project, your mind goes into that job, and it takes away your, your everything else. Just keep talking because, boy, if I got a job for you at my house that I, I got to put I, up for sale. Boy, I you got, can do the I whole got, basement uh, now. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting for oh, him to he, volunteer. Oh, listen, he, he, do he I know how to bring Wait a second. This. I just got duped. <laughs> <laughs> I got duped. He, 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 here I am. But, but keep talking. I love it. I love I it. I got a lot of work in the next 30 days for NRM. Oh, you're so funny. I'll be on the road with investors. So sorry about this. Sounds like we have to take a little break We're going to take a break. Going to get Paul some coffee. Okay. Both Paul, Paul, Paul Schwartz will have coffee, and we'll be right back. I'll tell you what happened. Yeah, Morty, I got the Szechuan sauce. We're at C2E2 with the legendary Chris Claremont. Greetings, my fellow geeks. My name is Jordan Trevilian, and this is Get It to the Geeks. We are here with David Yost, the original Blue Power Ranger. Nobody right. promised you when you bought the thing on PS4 that you could play it on Switch. But your, your excuse is garbage. I'm going to pull out my crossbow. All right, sweet chainmail armor. Let's see what you got. BG song, Staying Alive, just might help someone you know stay alive. It's one of those beats you just can't get out of your head once it's there. And it turns out the disco song has 103 beats per minute, which happens to be the perfect number to maintain the rhythm for performing CPR. A study out of Illinois found that doctors and medical students who listened to the song while they were practicing CPR not only performed flawlessly, but they also remembered the technique five weeks later. The keys to CPR are performing the technique aggressively, that is pushing hard enough and pushing on the chest fast enough to force the blood to where it needs to go. So when it comes to proper technique, it turns out that compressing the chest to the beat of staying alive really can help the victim stay alive. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. here at uh, Talking Biz on a Saturday morning in the Motor City on New Radio Media. We have Mr. Paul Schwartz from ServPro, the extreme team of Saginaw. How you doing, Paul? Good morning. How's Fine. it going? You enjoying yourself here on NRM? Yes, I am. You know, we were talking about disasters. We are talking about you and the business and what's going on in the business. And, uh, you know, in your mind, um, let's talk about this thing called global warming a little bit. And, and you see disasters and you see what's going on. Obviously, the oceans are warming up. And that's a big part of hurricanes. Um, if you took your business and you had to get percentage-wise of what was floods, what was fires, what was, you know, what is the biggest percentage of, of cause of damage? Is it, It's water, you said. But is that from hurricanes or? Uh, I, I would say flooding mm -hmm. and obviously a hurricane. You know, and uh, during Harvey, you had uh, a rain event from the hurricane that just happened the last two weeks yeah right so yeah. It, it should have been a good rainfall and it just never moved and now it's a huge flood so you got a huge flood and what percentage of your business 
is Michigan compared to outstate? I would, boy, I would think about 50% is Michigan. We do a, we maintain uh, a lot of local service. Okay. Uh, our, we're, we go from Romulus to all downriver. That, that's our newest uh, acquisition. And then we go from Saginaw to Midland. Really? So you've got Bay City. So you and, picked up other franchisee areas then? Yeah, we other? have several licenses. Okay. Through, I think a total of maybe eight licenses now. Are you the largest in Michigan then? Yes. Okay. We're, we're, we've been in the top three nationally for uh, several, I don't know, pretty much since I've been there. So what's your total employees for the uh, for your team? I think we're just over 100 right nice, now. Nice. Nice yeah. size company. Yeah, it is. It's uh, watching the growth is blows my mind sometimes very good Peter. you got any questions over no there? i you know i it's funny i got to go back on something we're, we're going to get off disaster for a minute because this is a disaster i just got this note we must be getting old you look at the fruit and vegetables at the store and you pass because it's overripe would they pass on as would they pass it as well those that are going to pick out the fruit for paul do you ever get one of those people? Do you ever call up on the phone and say to somebody, "Would you Who go shopping? You Would you go shopping for me and bring this to my house?" You know, Paul was talking in the first hour about you know all these places now they send the shoppers out to go get the food. Yes. No, and I said, I can't believe you would do that. I mean, don't you want to look at the fruit to see if the uh, bananas right or the tomatoes are perfect? Does you it want really to feel mean the... something to you? Paul? No way. Yes. See, I, I'm, I knew I'm, it. I feel so much I'm, I'm a freak about, and, and not that I pick the best, you know, I still can't pick a cantaloupe after well, all. Well, you do. Years. You can. You can. you got to pick it up. Two hands. you got to go tap, 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 tap. Now. Tap, 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 tap. Oh, it's the right one. Now a, water, now a watermelon. <laughs> a watermelon, I'll challenge anyone because I know how to pick a watermelon. How do you well, pick you a watermelon? You tap it. Two hands. It shoulders. Well. Do you pick it with two hands? You, you, okay, okay. you uh, tap it. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's got to have that uh, yellow Ooh, and streak. It does. Yeah. It's got to have a big patch of yellow and perhaps that like brown. Well, the yellow is where it grew on, so it's got. It, it, but yeah. it's the bigger the piece, and if there's that dark kind of nasty looking brown, right? right. Do you go out? Do you go out to Howell yeah. to practice this? Yes. To the hollow watermelon. Well, I, I, I still have fond memories of uh, Farmer Zeke. And, oh, uh, God, remember yes. Farmer oh, Zeke? Sure they, to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where I they core, them, sure core it, and if you didn't like it, you didn't have to buy right. it. See, I went to Eastern Market on Saturday mornings to sell stuff out of my stores, and I sat up next to Vitaly's Watermelons. Oh, and yeah. he used to pick the best watermelon for me. The guy would listen to it, tap it, say, here's a good one, and it was always sweet. Don't you hate it when you get a, you got you like you want a good piece of watermelon? And you get it. You go to the like store crap. and it tastes like nothing. It is. It's is one of the, the most, saddest things. It is. That it, is it is. Yeah. And it that's is. the problem. Like he says with these, the cantaloupe. These guys, the these younger people are like, what the fuck are they talking about? And they're saying watermelons. Like this is a big thing. You you have a you have a taste for watermelon, and you go get one and you get it and it's bland as possible. That's yeah. the worst thing that can well, happen. Any of those big type cantaloupe, honeydew, honey don'ts. <laughs> I'm divorced twice. Yeah. I can say that. You know, I, I, what I deal with here every Saturday. This is <laughs> tough. This is tough. Bones. It is tough. You know, but it is. It's it's it is a big issue. You know, you're, you you make light of it, but would you consider that a disaster? It's a sudden occurrence. It is a bad. very sudden occurrence. When you come home yep. and you're ready to sit down for that brunch, mm -hmm. and you cut that cantaloupe open and it tastes like crap, mm -hmm. that is a sudden disaster. That is a sudden event that takes place and becomes a disaster. 
Got it. Because the other person's looking at you going, mm-hmm. I told you I wasn't going to be a good one. Mm-mm. Nope. No good. No it's, good. It's sad. It and, is. And like cherries. You can taste cherries. You look at cherries, you want something sweet. I mean, think tired. about it. How could you not have, you have your locks spread out nicely, got your bagel sliced, you got the onions, you got the beautiful tomato, and you cut open the cantaloupe, and it's like, Poof. See what I deal with every terrible. Saturday morning? It is terrible. You see, you see, I, and, and you know why I drink so many Bloody Marys? Because I need to. I got to put up with this stuff. Ne- next week. time when I come, no more coffee. I got the mix in the fridge, and you can have a Bloody Mary. We'll have it. I got to put up with this every Saturday morning. Like, every we're time. talking about disasters, and all of a sudden, cantaloupes pop up. It's a disaster if it's not right. So let's talk back to the business you're in. Sure. So you've been in for What business is he in? He's in the restoration business. He brings people's lives back together. He takes care of disasters. And this man has saved a lot of people from tragedies. Could you is that ask like a, the could, biggest reward of your job is when you finish something and you turn it over to a, a, a company owner, you're back in business, or a homeowner and say, you know what, here you go. Your roof's on your, your, your house again. Here's everything. Isn't that the best part of your it, job? It is. I, uh, years ago, I did a uh, mega funeral parlor. And uh, they they do a thousand funerals a year, and Dude. they had just just finished a lower level that had a big flood, and uh, we got them up and going in two weeks, and and they the reconstruction they were I mean they were literally back open hundred percent in a month, which was awesome. And the guy said to me that I had no idea we had so much in common because we both deal with people. At the worst time, and you know, at in these the really yeah. trying times, and it it hit home. You know, it was a really nice compliment, and I, I still feel I, you know, that it's a great thing to be able to try and save a business. Yeah, it's it's an interesting business because you do that. I I was really brought into the business once with my in laws who had a fire, and I was the first one called to the house. They were out house hunting, and I get a call from the neighbor. There's smoke and fire coming out of the back of the house. Got to the house, they lost three dogs. The front of the house looked amazing, like nothing happened in the back. So I had to wait for them to come home. But at the time the fire was put out and temporary lighting was already put into the house, the back was already boarded up, and then I saw then they had to take the clothing out of the house and everything involved. It's very substantial. I mean, if you look at this, and then you look at the people don't understand their insurance policies. And so if we look at that, and I'm going to go into another thing right here because we've got a few minutes, then you go into the people, they don't understand the policy. Who gets the fires and the disasters first? You or the adjusters? I mean, do you find a lot of times the public adjusters are there and waiting for the the, the homeowner or the business owner? Or, you know, you come in, you do your work, and, and sometimes they delay it a little bit because they want to look at the policy and negotiate. But, you know, what's your opinion of an adjuster on a fire or, a, or, or damage? I. You know, for a lot of businesses, I I think that it's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I was not as proactive with that, but mm-hmm. but I think if there's a big business interruption and inventory issues, I think that uh, uh, adjusters for the insured are pretty important, and I think a lot of them are trained better than your regular business attorney might be well, so they, I, they have a clue and i think people understand what adjuster does is basically they help you define your policy and actually get the most out of your policy for your claim to make sure you're covered on that and the insurance company i, I dealt with a sizable fire at one of the shopping centers we managed years ago and you know and i i 
liked the person who was the Hartford Insurance really, really well, and they did it. And they didn't fight me on much, so I didn't think I had to get an adjuster. It came down to one item, and they gave in on that. But at the end of the day, I know people, a friend of mine just lost a warehouse. He lost inventory. He lost business interruption. And, yes, he needed that adjuster because the insurance company was going to say, well, you really didn't lose that business. And he said, I had no inventory to sell, so how do you measure that? Let's look at last year's numbers, put an increased figure and figure out, and they finally settled. So I think the adjuster does well there. And then other people say, hey, get out of the way. We'll handle everything you'll be taken care of. So it's it's a catch-22. But I think it's pretty much down to numbers on a computer today. Isn't everything like calculated this what this cost, this is what this cost? Or Well, it is, but... You know, one of the newest occurrences, it's not that new, but the way they're using it's new, is uh, a lot of insurance companies, especially on larger losses, will bring in consultants, which I'm all for. You know, they'll clerk the works, they'll do this. But then they'll come up with these very arbitrary rules. Right. Uh, for instance, in, in uh, our work in Florida, Panama City, they tried to make the claim that freight of equipment is our normal overhead. And when you're pulling for a disaster like that, a area-wide disaster. Uh, we got a disaster. We have a disaster. Can, can, well, can, can we get Surf Pro there? Okay. Absolutely. We got a light to replace. Okay. Although it is Saturday, it's time and a half. But <laughs> we're covered. Our insurance. <laughs> just we want you to know that. We have Hartford. They're good. We're covered. But So they're bringing in consultants. And, and some of the consultants, I'm all for... You know, fairness and, and someone looking over a bill, I think that's great. But when you start making arbitrary claims like freight, of course, when you have truck drivers driving into... Uh, uh, challenged areas. I mean, severely challenged areas. They're not doing it for the same price, right. nor do I blame them. They're going to lose tires. They're going to lose... Right. They, they, they can't turn the rig around on a dime like they could on a clear, sunny day, right. as the old expression goes. Yeah, yes. they're getting that picky. They do with transportation well, it's time just, and all this stuff. It's a negotiation point, yeah. but it's silly. It's, it's Well, you see, the insurance companies have what they call um, reasonable and customary on, under normal conditions. And then when it's not normal... You have to redefine it. The other thing on business interruption is it's not last year. It's a three-year look back on a financial statement. That's what they look at. They go back three years to kind of see how the flow went um, so that this way there's not an ethical loss to the physical claim at the time that they'll deal with. Those are some of the key pieces. But in a lot of the large losses, unfortunately, the back rooms have a lot more inventory than the policy states. Why? Because the policy is written January 1, and in August he brings a ton of stuff in, never makes a phone call to the agent, and in September there's a loss. And all of a sudden there's a $200,000 additional in the back, and now it's underinsured. And when it's underinsured, there's coinsurance. Now there's a penalty involved. And all this blows up, and here's the poor schmo that owns the company not realizing or understanding all the different aspects of what's taking place. That's part of the big problem, too, and that's the uneducated agent as well as the insured. But the agent itself, so, I love it when the light goes on. Me, Paul, just, you did great work. Thank you. I didn't even see your guy come in. Hey, guys, sir, pro for yeah. all your leads, and they just fixed the light. You know, that was amazing. Like it never happened. How never was happened. Do I owe you anything for that? <laughs> you do. Okay. <laughs> Give the man some coffee. So... Um, Boy, our team is good. How'd you do that remotely? I don't know, Kelsey, you're good. You fixed the light from the other room. Yeah. So I tell you what, we're going to sit back and enjoy 
a, a little break here because I think we need to stretch from this aspect of the disasters because in the last few moments of the show, we're just going to go to something a little more lighthearted, okay? okay. Everybody agreeable? That's Perfect. Fair. Good. New Radio Media Talking Biz. We'll see you shortly. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. want to see things like this. Did you just say you died? <laughs> well, I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We need to have a talk. <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out Podquesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous tricks. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Oh. Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. You know, Paul, I got to tell you, you know, I got Paul to the second power here. I got Paul and Paul here today in the studio with me. Paul Schwartz. I'm on the course, dating site again. Paul, Bam. well, are you looking at the She's tomatoes? Cute, isn't she? Are you looking at the tomatoes? You like that one? She's pretty cute. Is that... Yeah, you know, when we used to be at a real station, years old. I'll never forget. We're doing a show, and our and our phone guy, and our phone guy. One day, we had the computer screens in front of us, and all of a sudden, I'm watching this. Oh yeah, Eddie this, Biederman. That this day. adult oh, entertainment that cop pops up on the screen, and he wants me to sit here and talk with a straight face. Eddie's putting here, porno on the thing. We're like, What's going on? What are we on doing here? here? You know, this is the big four-letter company that we were broadcasting for. Mm -hmm. You know, so anyway, it's a lot of fun. You know, coming in the studio every week and. Seeing different people, and of course, not seeing bad, people that we bad. see for coffee every day and everything. Blonde, brunette. Uh, you listen to, I'm going to pretend he's not even Asian, here, you know. Puerto Rican. So, um, what do you like to do Kiska. for fun when you're not working and doing? What do you like to do for fun? To unwind. I love uh, the summertime. I love looking at cars. I try and get my kids involved. In well, I know at that as just somebody that knows. What is your favorite? If you could go out and buy a car today, price, leave them, I gave you the amount of money you needed. What would be the number one car you'd buy? Gosh, that's I don't know. I stumped him. You going to you did? I, uh, well. I don't know. My friend who I've gone for the last twenty plus years seems to have left for the Bahamas today. <laughs> really? I'm really a little tired. With my money. Yeah. With the money I was gonna <laughs> let him go buy a car with, so I'm off the hook. 
No, you know, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't want anything too showy because I'm not like a showy person, but the, uh, uh, what is it? There's a Rolls Royce, a two door where the doors open. Oh, oh okay. That kind of, do it. not that's the suicide door. That's, that's, that's not showy. That's no, a little just sure. yeah. Not a Gullwing door uh, either. You know, I have, uh, suicide doors. Ma- ma- yeah, maybe, suicide. maybe just a, uh, a Wraith. It's a Rolls Royce Wraith, Wraith, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I. I think maybe just a Corvette. Corvette. Yeah. That a you can only drive on smooth pavement. Yes. A newer one or older one? Probably new. I, new one. I, You're not a mechanical kind of guy. No, and I. I think there's so many great things that are added, like you know, brake systems and. Uh, I love you know a split window. It's still my sexiest car. Split window yeah. Corvette, okay. or, or an XKE. Uh, but Ooh. but you know, now that if they are making those again mm-hmm. for almost four hundred thousand with all the updates, I would do that. You would. An XKE, yeah, because I think that's the sexiest. That car was a ever. great Jaguar. Jaguar. Yes. Jaguar. Yes. Me. So okay, so that so. And where's your favorite place you'd like to go for a vacation? You're getting away from all this horror you've seen, so please don't tell me you want to go down to the Panhandle. Toledo. <laughs> you, you know, I always see these great places at their worst. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I haven't done a lot of vacations. I used to do Europe back in pre-kids I and all that. Europe. I love Europe. And uh, I think Italy was... Italy? Yeah. My son says that's his favorite country is Italy. And the right. food is ridiculous. I love Switzerland. I love Geneva. I love. I don't even go there. I, I hear that's bring, he Oh, here he goes again. He here goes he goes to Geneva for conventions. I've only wanted to watch it. I don't Geneva. go for He's conventions. Never brought me. I love. A, he says I go for conventions. He, he never, I go for ma- international meetings. He, he conventions. Pff, meetings. Listen to you. Listen Anyways, to him. he's never brought me back to watch. Okay. So I had a friend go years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I said the same thing. I said, uh, Dan, bring me a watch back. I'll pay you. You know. He brings me a watch, a, it, the first Swatch watch. I was going to bring okay. that up because they are the biggest. Of, you can't believe how many of their stores. In the, and their and big if I would have saved this, I mean, this was literally the right. first For, number one production model. I, I should have saved it. but It's worth $14 million. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably in a the garbage first pile. first watch is you know, you go, million. You go along the river there, and once you get by the bridge and you cross over the Mont Black Bridge and you go over there, you will see every watch sign in the world and it's like going down fifth avenue or wilshire boulevard i mean store after store watch after and then the guys come up to me and they say well what are you wearing i said a timex not even going to worry about it i got a timex keeps you know? ticking takes a look thank keeps you ticking. john cameron swayze you yeah. know yeah can you even buy a timex watch today yeah. all day long oh, yeah. all day long yeah. 1995 yeah. all i know is i was in new york during the recession on canal street and things were so bad, they had knockoffs of Timexes. That's how there it was. There we go. That's, that's, pretty, low. Even, that's pretty low. You know, here we go. That's pretty low. You know, uh, got a Rolex. Hey, man, I got Timex knockoffs for three bucks. Okay, well, the new one's only five. So right, right, right. Right. No, it's just, anyways, we, we want to thank you for coming in today to talk Thanks about for the disaster me. business and everything. And if they need to get a contact of you, why don't we help you a little bit? How does someone get a hold of you if there's a disaster? Or let's say it's a company. How do you – you say you have policy guys. You have guys who have uh, – they're, they, they, what, they, uh, how do they have it with you? They pay you? They have a... Uh, what's, what's the story? I'm trying to get out of my mouth here. Spit it out. So I have a factory, and I want you to be a first responder to me. Do I do a contract with you? What do I do? Well, it's so we come in and survey the site, and, and we'll do uh, uh, ERP, it's called. Right. And 
what we do is basically tag certain items. We'll do a markup of the building, uh, provide a list for them that they they actually own the site. We update it and give mm -hmm. them the passwords, et cetera. So we do this for literally hundreds of school districts so that they can they get more organized. Your hospitals, uh, which should have the best, typically didn't because it's they're huge facilities. So we come through, survey the sites, help them establish some protocols, and and then response is a lot easier. And even for them, they know where the right. water switch offs gotcha. are. They know who to call their vendors. So, so is there a fee for them if no. they sign up? So you do that? Just do that so you can get into the, the business, uh, the building, and say, "Hey, these guys helped us. We're going to call them." Yes. Gotcha. Well, they're the on-call specialists at that point. Well, they That's what they become, the emergency response plan. But there are other companies you know, that charge a fee. Well, you know, it all came yes. originally though with Hartford Steam Boiler. Yes. Hartford Steam Boiler came out way back in the 50s, late 50s, with the emergency response plan workbooks. And they would, for a service, go out and walk through because of the boilers back then and everything for heating and left these for the owners to understand and to share with the employees and then have secondary books at, second, at another location. So if you lost your place, you still had the backup book. So they became very, very big. But it's, uh, it's important that, you know, the service that you provide and the industry itself is so misunderstood. Yes, it is. Because it's a we-they war. How do you get through that we-they war? That's the biggest issue. It is a huge thing. And, and one thing that SurPro does have that's kind of a remarkable thing is because there's 1,700 franchises, the response is... Probably give or take twenty five thousand people available to come to an event that are that are not subs that are trained, bonded. So if we oversell in an area, ERPs for instance, we have others that can fill in, and it's it's pretty seamless because technically we all operate in a large format the same. So you're big with the insurance companies, right? Great relationships with the insurance companies to say, hey. You know, they, they deal with you a lot, so I understand you probably have good relationships with those companies. Well, I don't know that, yeah, I, that's, not who I wanna, <laughs> that's not who I want to be. I want to take care of my customers. You take right, care of the customer, right. but still, you don't want a war in between, and you probably know a lot of the same well, people. And what people don't realize, and, and very quickly, in an insurance policy, your rights are assigned to the carrier, technically. When you buy a policy, the contract says you've assigned your rights to the carrier. So at time of loss, the carrier works on your behalf to make you whole. Yeah, I believe that, right. And Santa Claus is alive. And working on Jewish holidays. I That's know. right. Okay. I, I, I don't know an insurance company that hands over things voluntarily. No, but I'm they saying if you payments. read the contract, if I get you read it. That, I, get I'm it. Just, I get it. Listen, right. I'm dealing with my little accident I had almost two years I ago. Know and you I'm have. dealing with my company. All right, so we're three minutes left to this wonderful show. It's all right. three minutes, three minutes where, left. Where did time fly? You know, it is now March the 2nd. Next Saturday, we're going to turn our clocks back one hour. Because okay. now it comes to Fall back. Yeah, yeah. Fall back. Then. So we're going to gain an hour. We're going to gain an hour. Good. Okay. I'm so, slipping in. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is what I deal with every single and week. And he loves it. And you know what I love about it? I get to send him out on the road sometimes. Then I get the whole room to myself. 
So what do you got planned for the rest of the day, Paul? I'm going to Myers to pick out some tomatoes. I um, bet you are. To see what's going on. No, I'm, I'm actually working today, so I can have tomorrow off. Got a lot of. Are work you going to have bagels and locks tomorrow and some smoke fish or I chub? I am. The question is, should I have sable with my locks tomorrow? That's see, this the is the question. big question and, he puts and, out on Facebook. That's, and, and that's so his Facebook question, favorite people line. People answer that, so I'll decide tomorrow if I'm going to have some sable I with the locks. What, what, what is it, $43 a pound? No, it's, I, it depends on what deli. Yeah, 46 some cases. It's like, you know what, and I think that's a uh, conspiracy against you. Because why should smoked black cod be $46 a pound? So I thought that I could find black cod yeah. cheaper. And smoke it. And you can't. No. No. Because there's a there's not a lot of people eat that stuff. So right. they figure it's the supply and demand. If they're going to produce it, they're going to get a lot of money for it. So, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. What about halibut? That's sawdust. I don't like oh, it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do, too. See, like thank you. Then yeah. coffee and halibut, we'd be happy guys, see? Yeah. So you guys have to pick your tomatoes. You guys should be a couple. You like to pick your own tomatoes. You like halibut. Yeah, <laughs> the, Peter, the thought Peter, of someone Peter, touching Peter, my Peter, <laughs> It's like, okay, someone picking my tomatoes. I don't know. Time and convenience is worth more to me than picking tomatoes. No. You think so? Yeah, just tell someone I want firm tomatoes that are red. And you want your pistachios red, too, don't you? Yeah, so they bring them to the So house. do they read them to you? Do they read what? Your red tomatoes. Read them to you? Do, you read, do they read you their pistachios? Red, read, red, read, 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 are you really extreme? Yeah, pretty extreme. All right, that's good. Once again, thank you very much. Paul, it's great having you in the studio today. Thank you. It's great. Oh, you never thank me like that. All right, let me do this. I'll give you a quick. You know, Paul, it is so lovely to have you in the studio today. Can I just, I just love this. I need, I need this. this. I need to build up. Come on, come on. Let, let me. me read this. I'm going to read this. Dear Paul, yeah. it has been a wonderful time for the last two hours that you shared with us. We hope that you enjoy tomorrow's day off, and please stay out of the snow. Eat your bagels and locks, and have a wonderful weekend. For New Radio Media, this is Peter Perlman and Talking Biz. Have a great week, everybody.